0: Welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Well, welcome to City View Church. I'm so glad you decided to join us today. And if this is your first time, today is, is a it's a new day. It's a, it's a crazy day. It's, it's, it's a day we've been planning for for a long time. It's called Legacy Sunday and And we just see God doing something big and bigger than we could ever imagine or think here at City View, and we are trying to plan and be ready for what God's plan is as we get ready for that. So I'm going to share with you, it's going to be, it's really going to be a three-part sermon this week, next week, and the following week, so don't miss any of them. As we share about what does this legacy, what does Build Your Legacy look like? You know, as, as I was just looking and remembering, um, September 11th, I, I mean, Laramie and I, we had just been married. we were been married about nine months at that point. Um, and I remember I was already at work that morning. I, I, get, I used to work construction, so I'd be to work at like nine, at four in the morning. And So I remember being there, then I remember all of a sudden hearing on the radio what was happening. And I called Laramie, and she woke up, was watching it on the news. I, think, I don't think she went to, ended up going to work that day. And, and I was reading some of the stories yesterday. I don't know how many of you read Todd's story, one of the passengers, passengers on flight 93, correct? And I was reading, Larry and I were talking about his story. And I just thought, man, what a powerful legacy to leave. Man who had two kids, one on the way, and he's there on this flight, and he, he calls 911, and he, he's on that plane, and and he says to the, the lady. Says he. He says to the lady at the end of the at the end of his. They're talking back and forth. He says he's he's breathing a little heavier. The plane seems he's t- he's telling her the plane seems to be acting crazy right now. And she says the, the operator says Todd, what are you going to do? Todd said we've hatched a plan. Four of us are going to rush the hijacker with the bomb. After we take him out, the. the do you hear the determination and not the if we take him out, but after we do? You see, that that's like in our mind as people, if we think if, it won't happen. If we think we will do it, it will happen. That's the kind of mindset we have to have in anything in life. He says, after we take him out, we will break down into the cockpit. A stewardess is going to get boiling water to throw at the hijackers' controls. We'll get them and we'll take them out. Lisa, will you do one thing with me? He'd already asked her please call my wife, tell my kids I'm proud of them. He's already said that. He's already pouring into his next generation. He's already speaking life into his wife, speaking life into his boys and his soon daughter that would be born a few months later. So they pray together. They pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we we forgive our trespassers. He's praying forgiveness for the evil being done on the plane in that moment. Do Do you realize that when you read that yesterday? Or how many of us just thought, hate? How many of us missed his prayer of forgiveness even in the moment? Mind-blowing, isn't it? I bet most of us missed it. It's okay, we're not gonna miss that anymore. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And then they pray, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me down, lie down in green pastures. He, rest- he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Ye, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Todd lowers his voice and it says, he said, God, help me. Jesus, help me. And I love this part. He says, I'm assuming at this point he puts his phone down, but he doesn't hang it up. And he says, are you guys ready? Let's roll. You see, I believe that God is moving. I believe that God is shaking things up in our culture right now. I believe that God is getting ready to do something. I believe that He has a plan to do more than we can ever imagine or think. I truly believe that. I don't just say it. I believe it. I truly do. Because that's what God does. God moves in His people to do bigger things than they could imagine or think. That's who He is. Today we celebrate six years as a church. A friend of mine invited me to his, his church's page. I've, I've known him since he was a youth pastor. I've known him, I don't even know. I've probably known him for 15 years. And he invited me to, to like his page. And he's getting ready to start a church today. And I messaged him back. And then we started texting. And I'm like, dude, I am, I'm so excited because I believe God is doing something. He's starting a church in St. George, Utah. Today we celebrate six years. We celebrate hundreds of lives saved. As Jared said, we celebrate 144 people being baptized so far in the life of City View Church. 145, I mean, 145 people. I know churches that haven't baptized people in years, and we're just counting, we're just getting started. God is rolling because when you allow the Holy Spirit to move, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He moves on lives. I believe God wants to use us to impact this next generation. I believe that, I don't just say it. When I read scripture, I see how God continually over and over again uses young people to do radical things. God used Joseph, a young man, to save nations. God used David to save his people. God used Esther, a young lady, to save her people. God used an eight-year-old named Josiah to save the people of Israel. God used a young girl named Mary to have a son named Jesus who saved the world. And God wants to use this generation and those generations to come to change the world. God wants to use each and every one of us in here to be a part of what he's doing. Andy Stanley says this. Your greatest accomplishment might not be something you something you do, but it might be someone you raise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I believe you want to raise up a bunch of men and women like that guy Todd say we have a plan on how we're going to share the gospel with our neighbors. We're ready to go. Let's roll. Jesus, because that's just, that was a plane full of people, but we've got a world full of people who are dying and going to hell unless you save them. So Jesus, I pray that you would burden our hearts for our neighbors, burden our hearts for those around us, burden our hearts for this generation, Lord. I pray that we would want to pour in as much as we possibly can to the next generation, that we might see them come to know you and come and do more radical things than we could ever think. Jesus, I ask that you would bless us here at City View. Lord, bless churches all over the valley as they meet. Lord, I pray your blessings upon um, Desert City Church, and Lord, I pray that your blessings upon Cross Church, and Calvary Community Church, and CCV, and Redemption, and Jesus bless us, and Jesus, in your name, amen. Amen. You know, there's this phrase that people say, kids these days. And many times we look down upon the next generation. We think they're too young, too lazy, too dreamy, too ambitious, too entitled, not willing to work. Would would we say we've all thought those thoughts about the young, this next generation? How many of us have thought that? It's okay if you've thought that. Yes, I think we all have. But the thing is, have you ever thought that maybe the generation before you thought the same thing about you? This idea of looking down upon the next generation has been going, we have quotes dating back to the first century. I did research. One of the quotes, a guy named Horace, I I don't know if they're going to be behind me or not, but it's first, first century BC, a guy named Horace says this. He says, the beardless youth does not foresee what is useful squandering his money. Are they behind me? Sweet, they are. 4th century B.C., we don't know the author, says, young people are high-minded because they have not seen, they have not been humbled by life, nor have they experienced the force of circumstances. They think they know everything and are always quite sure about it. How many of us have ever thought that? Yeah, it's been, that's been thought since the 4th century. One, 1330, modern fashion seems to keep on growing more and more debates. I must have thought that. That was in 1330. What were they wearing then that was the base? Were their skirts showing ankles? I mean, come on right now. But I'll keep reading. The ordinary spoken language has also steadily coarsened. People used to say, raise the carriage shafts or trim the lamp wicks. What the? Who cares? But they were all offended about how kids would say. It. Kids would say, raise it up or trim it when they should say, let the men of the palace staff stand forth, they say, torches, let's have some light. (laughs) Offended by that. Um, 1624, youth were never more saucy, ye never more savage saucy. I actually like this quote. I'm like, come on, youth. We need some savage, saucy youth. The ancient are scorned, the honorable are contended, and the magistrate is not dreaded. 1856. We don't really know exactly when this quote was said, but it says, It is a pity that the youth is wasted on the young. I have always fought for young people, I was a youth pastor for 16 years. I can't tell you how many times I went up against my senior pastor fighting for young people, fighting to get them a stage, fighting to get them a spot, fighting to get them a chance to just be, because I was that young person. I was that young person who sat in a church just like this and got in trouble for breaking a communion cup one time. I was pulled out by a lead usher. I still remember, and I wasn't even the one who broke the communion cup. It was my buddy. It was probably Colin. I don't even know who it was. All I know is I got in trouble. But my heart has always been for the young people, and so is God's. God's heart is for the next generation. Psalm 102, verse 18, says this This will be written for generations to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. This is the heart of God, it is the next generation this generation. This is the heart of Legacy Sunday, about the next generation. This is the heart of what we want to do. We are are living in a time where the next generation is under attack, are they not? We're living in a time we're watching things go crazy every single week. If we don't stand up for what's right, if we don't fight for the younger generation, if we don't try to love them and share Jesus with them, then you know what? Jesus will end with us, and boy, what a shame that would be if we don't share hope, if we don't share forgiveness, if we don't share that Jesus has a plan to use each and every one of them. What a shame if we don't share boldness with our next generation. What a shame. You see, like previous generations before, us, things got worse, and we may say, but Jeremiah, it's just like any other years. Yes, but I'm going to push back on any thought where people say, no, Jeremiah, it's not worse than anything. And Some of you are thinking, but Jeremiah, you just preached. Yeah, I preached that I don't know if it's the end of times right now. Sure looks like it, but I'm not going to say it is. But according to the Bible... Things are going to get worse. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say anywhere in there that things get better. It says that they're going to get worse. That's what it says. I'm sorry. For those of you who are hoping, it's just, it is. It's going to get worse. But it doesn't mean we don't teach our next generation to fight, to fight for what's right, to fight for those who can't fight for themselves, to stand it for those who can't stand it for themselves. It doesn't mean that. It, it means that we, we've got to teach them. I believe that the devil has a plan to steal, kill, and destroy. That's been his plan from the beginning. It doesn't change. It's an easy plan. If you ever start a business or you're running a company, you want a simple strategy. You don't want like a 10-point strategy on, well, we're going to do this, 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 this. The devil, like, here's my strategy. Here's my plan. I'm going to steal I'm going to kill, and I'm going to destroy. Those three things, and I'm not going to change it. When you make a simple strategy, it's easy. Jesus says, I'm going to give you life, and I'm going to give you it abundantly. That's Jesus' plan. He's got two things. I'm going to give life, and it's abundant life. I'm going to give, I give two. My plan is two parts. The devil's plan is three. Mine's simpler, and mine's life-giving, and mine's refreshing, but that's the devil's plan. But I believe that God's not finished. I believe that there are many more people who need to hear about the love of Jesus for this world I believe that the Holy Spirit has the power to fill each and every life. That's what I prayed this morning. This morning as I got up, I get up, you know, I get up early. Maybe you don't know. Some of you are new to City you. I get up every Sunday morning. I'm up crazy early. Sort of depends upon, my alarm goes off at like 4.30, and then it depends upon if God wakes me up earlier than that. And I just prayed the Holy Spirit power upon each and every one of you this morning. Because that's the only way you will be able to live this life as things get crazier and harder is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's nothing weird, it's not like, I mean, it sort of is weird, I'll be honest. When you really think about it, it's like you have a boldness that comes inside you to live a life that you never thought you could live. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person. And I believe that God wants to fill each and every one of you. I believe that God has a plan for this generation. Psalm 102, verse 18, it says this, this will be written. For generations to come, now this was written thousands of years ago. So this was written about my generation. This was written about the generation now. This was written about generations to come. That that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Each generation must carry the heart of Jesus to the next. Each generation bears that responsibility. When we look at the truths of God and the people God used, we see how God used young people throughout generations. As I said, God used a young kid named David. God used a young girl named Ruth. God used a young girl named Esther. God used a young kid named Josiah. God used a little boy named Samuel. God used a young girl named Mary. God used a whole bunch of young guys called the disciples. They were in their teens and 20s. And Jesus said, I want you, 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 you. Follow me. Follow me and we're going to change the world. And in that group wasn't just men. I mean, we know those, but we know that there were ladies and all these people that followed Jesus and changed the world. God used a young man named Timothy to start churches that now impact us today. God used a writer named Paul, this guy who was so against God at first, but God used him to pour into this next generation, to pour into Timothy God doesn't say one generation and I'm finished with you. He says, I want to use each and every generation. God uses the older generation to pour into the next generation. We see this in the book of, of Timothy. If you want to turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, we see how God wants to use this young man, Timothy, this young pastor in this region of modern-day Turkey, in this place called Ephesus, and we see how even in Timothy's day when, when Paul writes this letter to encourage this young man, how even he was living under this pressure of you're too young, you're not responsible, you're not good enough, you'll never accomplish what needs to be done. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no one look down on your youthfulness. If he's saying that, what do you think he's living under? People looking down on his youthfulness. Have any of you ever had somebody look down on you because you're young? Some of you are older now, but do you remember that? Do you remember when somebody couldn't, they they thought you couldn't do it because you were too young. Anybody ever remember that? Timothy felt the same pressure, but Paul says, but rather in speech, in how you talk, in conduct, in, in how you live, in your love, in faith, in purity, show yourself an example to those who believe. So you, next generation, you young people, same words to you. If you're like, I don't want somebody to look down on me, Paul says this, this is, this is what you do. But, but in your speech in your conduct and your love, have you ever watched somebody and you're like, that's exactly why people look down upon Christians, because they get the crazy person on the news? Anybody ever see that? And you're like, oh my gosh, why God? Why, of all people, they pick that one. Where do they find them? I don't know. But in conduct, in your speech, in your love, in your faith, in purity, show yourself an example. Paul says, don't let anyone discourage you or distract you. I think we have a great opportunity to empower this next generation. I believe it. You are going to see every little kid here at church. Ezra, if you come up here real quick. This is my youngest son. You're gonna see every kid. Let's stand up here, button. I know you you hate being up front. You're going to see every kid wearing a shirt that says, I am a legacy. Every kid, little ones. I thought about doing the big ones, but at what point do you stop that? Uh, Because we've got some of us have our kids here, and our kids are in their 20s, and that might look silly wearing a shirt the size of Ezra's. But see, you are part, each and every one of you are part of this young man's legacy. I grew up in a children's ministry class a long time ago. Four, I'm 40, almost 43. I've had many people pour into my life and help me become the person I am today. You know and those people weren't all my Sunday school teachers. They're my high school teachers, my sixth grade teachers, my elementary school teachers. They are the ushers, the greeters. They're the worship team members. They're, they're all the people, that they're the, they were my neighbors, they were my parents' friends, all those people poured into me that I have the legacy I am today. You all have a chance to pour into him and his legacy. But you see, I'm not just talking about the legacy of the young ones. I'm talking about the legacy of, of our elementary school and, and our junior hires. So if you would stand up, if you're in elementary school or junior high, stand up real quick. Elementary school or junior high, if you're a little kid stand up. If you're a high school student, stand up. Yeah, everybody stand up. If you're young, I'm talking to you. Stand up. High school students, young people, Joel, stand up. Come on, young, young kids. Nobody's to sit down yet. If you are a college-age student, high school student, stand up. College-age student, stand up. If you are 30 years old, because you're the, differ- you're the difference in my generation to that generation, 30, if you're in your early 30s, stand up. Stand up. This is the next generation right here. This is the next generation. Do you see how much youth is in this room that can impact and change the world? I believe that God wants to do something new. And just as Paul poured into a young man, you guys can sit down. Go ahead, you can sit down, buddy, thank you. Just as God poured into a young man named Timothy, God wants to pour into each and every person in here. But here's what it is. It's all about providing a space that we can empower and build up that next generation. It's about building a church where each of these people can have those opportunities to make that happen. It's about providing those opportunities where they can can serve or they can give or they can learn to, to be a part of what God is doing. It's about providing that space. We each are on mission with this vision. You see, the vision of City View Church is that we would be a thriving church with thriving lives leaving legacies. We wanna be a church that, it's on the outside of the wall where, where you see this sign and it says, legacies are built here. That's what I wanna see. I wanna see a space where you walk in, you know you know what legacies are being built and it's my legacy I'm building. Just like Todd left a legacy for his kids and each of his kids are walking in their dad's footsteps. They're going to the same college as their dad. They're doing the same sports as their dad. They're walking in the same faith as their dad. They are following his legacy of Jesus Christ. That's the legacy we want to live, that this generation might know who Jesus is, that they might raise up a flag, that they might raise a banner saying, let's roll. There's lives to be saved, and Jesus wants to do it. And Paul says, Timothy, I see where your legacy has come from. He says, Timothy, I see it in in 2 Timothy chapter one, verse five, Paul says, for I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure and I know it's in you, Timothy. You see, it it was the faith of, of his grandma, and I know some of you, your grandma's in here. What you are doing for your grandchildren will change legacies. I am thankful to have two grandmothers on both sides of my family. Both are in heaven now, that raised up a mom for me and a dad for me to love me and point me to Jesus. I am thankful for that. Yesterday I saw this old lady walking. I'm sorry if you're old and you're offended. I don't mean any disrespect, but she was. We were. My wife and I went on a date last night, and we're at Arriba's. This old lady walked by, and I'm like, "I miss my grandma," I'm crying at Abuelos. I'm such a weirdo. I mean, I cry over the dumbest things. Anyway, so if you don't know me, I, I'm a crier. man I'm thankful for my grandma some of you maybe you didn't have that but you can be that some of you, you 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 maybe you're you you don't even you can't even foresee ever having kids but the thing is it's not just about kids pouring making a legacy it's Andy Stanley says, your greatest, your greatest accomplishment not, might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Yes, that is true, but I'm going to push back and I'm going to add this. Your greatest accomplishment might not be something you do, but someone you raise or a life you impact. Billy Graham didn't learn about Jesus through his mom and dad. It was through somebody that he heard Preach. You never know the lives you impact when you actually take a risk and take a step and do what God's calling you to do. Each and every day, every one of us has an opportunity to have an impact that's bigger than us. Serving the Lord is not divided according to how important your role is. Me preaching on this stage is no more important than a greeter at the door. There is not a level of God's like, okay, Jeremiah, you're top tier. And everybody else is below you. That there's not nowhere. Now all there is biblically is it says that there's more consequences if I do if I do anything wrong. There's no level of importance, but there's more consequences for me if I make any mistakes. That's the only difference. But the same level of importance as the person at the doors as me, to the person who helps you find a seat. To to the worship team member up here who's playing, there's no important there's this person here is not more important than the bass player back here who is just quiet and usually keeps their head down. There's no more important than than the person that's in the sound booth than, than any other role. Every role is important. When you are serving in each role, you are doing it for the Lord and you are building a legacy. You are helping a family. When you're holding a baby, you're helping a family, being able to be in here and hear about Jesus so they can build a legacy. When you help somebody find a seat, you are helping somebody feel welcomed and loved so they might build a legacy. When you are doing sound so that people might hear and be able to do that, you are building a legacy. When a person is up on the stage leading worship, you are helping build a legacy. When you are helping somebody connect here at City View, you are helping somebody build a legacy. Each and everything we do is all part of building a legacy. Build Your Legacy is about investing in what God is doing. I believe that we're at a pivotal moment now where God is saying, okay, Jeremiah, it's now time for you guys to go and find a space where you can do more things than just in your rented space. For those of you who don't know, we rent this we get it Sundays and then a few hours during the week. Any other time we wanna do it, we have to rent it. If there's a memorial, we have to rent it for that memorial. If there's another week that we, we wanna do something, we have to rent it. We don't have freedom to just do and meet and provide opportunities for people to grow and, and do all those things that we wanna do. There's so many things we wanna do which I, I shared with some of you. There are, I wanted a donkey up on stage one day and they told the school told me no and I, I was super sad. I, I, won't, I won't let that go. There's events that we wanted to do that we just, they were said no to, that we wanted to build more community. But I believe that God wants to create a space for legacies to be built, to be changed, and to be established. As Psalm 102 verse 18 says, this will be written for generations to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That is why we want our own space. We want to provide that. We want to be able to do things to reach our city. Some people have asked, Jeremiah, would you want to buy this? Well, they want a lot of money for this. They want like $7.5 million. It's not even for sale. Seven, this is so much money. But I, I had an opportunity a couple weeks ago, months ago, to interview Walt um, Calistad. He's the pastor who built this church in 1984. And I had an opportunity to sit down with him and hear his heart and hear. What God called him to do. And over the next few weeks, we're going to watch bits and pieces of that interview, little parts. And then at the end of the three weeks, we're going to share the whole interview. And let me tell you, it was powerful hearing his heart for the valley. So let's watch the first
0: part right now. You, you can't outgive God when you invest in the kingdom of God. Uh, god said yeah i'll provide all your needs uh according to uh, my, my riches we're, we're king's kids and what god decides god provides and yeah. i believe he chooses us to sacrifice and it's not equal gifts it's equal sacrifice but when god shows up he shows off yeah. and he says you want to see what i can do you know and, and i believe he can provide what's needed. This can be restored and reclaimed for the kingdom of God and a leader like yourself who God has called and anointed and and chosen for this um, I believe uh, there's There's a future that goes far beyond what you can even dream or imagine Mm. possible. I love uh, in Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 9, it says, uh, No eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who love him.
1: Listening to his heart and what he wants to see happen in this valley, it mimics mine. He's the generate multiple generations before me, and he wants to see this generation take up the reins and roll. He wants to see this generation get up and go, and he's talking about mine right now. And he's saying, Jeremiah, this this God wants to do this through you. And I'm looking, going, yes, and I want to help the next generation to go too. Church, are you ready to trust the Lord? To see what he can do with us. As he takes our hearts and takes our lives and sets them on fire. To see him take us and change the city so that legacies might be built. So that lives might be changed. I know that some of you, maybe this is your first Sunday and you're like, what in the world is happening right now? Of course you come on a Sunday when we're asking for you to trust the Lord with your finances. You're like, oh, God has you here for a reason. I love that Walt said it's not about equal gifts, it's about equal sacrifice. My family and I, we We prayed over our commitment card today, and today is Commitment Sunday. We filled it out. And as I was writing the check, I felt like God said, Jeremiah, can you trust me with a little more? When my son said, Dad, is our money going to be tight? I'm like, well, yeah, a little bit. I think he's worried he's not going to get food, but... We can live on rice and beans. And <laughs> he would love that. The worship team's gonna sing. And I know each one of you got one of these, and maybe you're not ready. Maybe this is your first son, you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I like you as a pastor yet. You're weird, you have a t-shirt on, and you're wearing tennis shoes. Well, I wear this a lot. Most t-shirts don't have anything written on them, but I wear t-shirts and, I mean, they're dressier tennis shoes. I don't wear my yard cleaning shoes, at least. But this is me, crying, that, that's me. How I preach today, that, that's me. This is, I mean, this is what you get, but it's not about me, it's all about Jesus. That's what this stage will always be, it's always going to proclaim Jesus Christ. It's always gonna be about him, focus on him, giving people an opportunity to come to him. That's what this is about. It's gonna be about pushing the kingdom forward. It's about God's kingdom come, not mine. It's about his will be done, not mine. So I'm gonna ask that as the worship team sings, if you didn't have a chance to fill out your commitment card, fill it out. Pray. And I'm gonna ask, if you're here with your family, if you're here with your kids, come together to the stage and place your commitment cards, your check, whatever you have, in a basket. And let's trust and see what the Lord will do. And over the next year, as we prepare, As we look, I'm looking actively for a property all the time. We've walked one twice. We've made offers. Um, We're in our third offer on this one building right now. I'll let you guys know that much right now. We'll see what the Lord does. I can't make promises. Only God can. But I know God, the thing is, I, I could. If we rent our whole life, if this church closes, okay. My heart is that each and every one of us would take this idea, this, this heart of God out of Psalm, that, that a generation might share to the next generation. That's my heart. That the end of Sunday, if these baskets are empty, who cares? I just hope that each and every one of us go, you know what? I want to be a legacy builder. I want to be a part of the next generation. I want to be a part of what God is doing. That's my heart. That's what I want to see. At the end of the day, it's God's kingdom come. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because your greatest accomplishment might not be something you do, but it's probably somebody you raise or a life you impact. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing, I thank you for how you're living. I thank you that you are alive and active and that you are changing lives even today, right now in this room. And Jesus, I ask that you would bless our offerings, that you would bless our lives. Lord, help us to pour into that next generation. Lord, and if we are that next generation, help us to stand up and to move the ball forward. Lord, help us, each and every one of us in this room, Lord, to proclaim your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click the follow button and tune in next week for another great message.